Van is uh, obviously a great coach. You gotta do it with supreme focus, right? With razor sharp focus. Breathe what he's breathing. But he's a better, a better person. Biggest thing you gave me was time. You didn't really know me. We were from the same neighborhood and area, but I was with a group of guys that wanted to go to college, wanted to play ball. And you actually gave us that reality that, hey, this could actually happen because we saw somebody that was like us and that we wanted to become. Recruiting is about relationships. It's built on trust. It's built on doing the right things. And it's built on your head coaches and your athletic director, their vision. And I think we have two great leaders, both of those positions. So it makes it easy for me to go out and, and do what I do. And tonight we have a special guest, uh, a guest who has uh, been around the block in the administrative circles, who has had a career, a fantastic career, uh, starting as a student athlete, but now uh, an administrator in college athletics. And we'll get to that. Aaron Michaelby, I'm so excited to have you. Uh, just, just so you know, and our guest and our our, our Viewers know that this podcast is is one where we discuss leadership, and it's been really an enlightening experience for me, because what I've learned, what I've seen, is that leaders, no matter what organization they represent, no matter what organization they lead, for the most part, they are pushing in the same direction, right? And and it's the way they say it. Right. It's the way they approach conflict. It's the way they communicate during tough times that make them um, one over another in terms of a better leader. Yeah. So we'll, we'll jump right in. And I want to talk to you because we've had a few um, former student athletes on our on our podcast. So I want to talk to you about your journey from former swimmer. Right. <laughs> believe softball player as well yep. um, to to becoming an assistant ad uh, was that was that what you always wanted to do was that the vision that you saw way back when <laughs> i know sometimes it's hard to think back um, that far now that i've had such great experiences but yes uh, yes and no i mean I really think the the leaders that i had and the coaches that i met throughout my career as a student athlete um, really helped shape me into finding my passion and my my vision of what I wanted to do and impact the world. Um, so it wasn't, you know, uh, that story, you wake up one day and I, I knew I knew everything and had all the answers. You know, I started off as an educator and that's how I believe, um, you know, I'm a great administrator because I love to educate others. Um, and that's that's really what it's about, particularly in the development role. Um, you're educating people about how they can impact, you know, a very special, sacred university or program. Um, and that's really what brings me joy. So I found really early on that I loved working with coaches. I loved being a student athlete. I was super sad when that experience was over, although it was much different when I was a student athlete. And obviously now uh, the student athlete voice has never been stronger. And, and I think that's something to celebrate. Um, 
you know, finding that voice and what that looks like, I think is something that I really am looking forward to continuing the trek and, and using all my skills to better that opportunity because, you know, to me, higher education is the most important thing. So I, I wouldn't have been able to go to college if I didn't have, you know, um, the opportunity to play a sport and to get the scholarships and to meet the people that uh, help shape me who I am today. I mean, as you know, um, teammates shape your lives in, in positive ways, negative ways, but it's up to you to figure out how you want to utilize that. And I think for me, that was one of the most amazing experiences too. So I love being a part of a team. And I think an athletics department is, is also another great, um, great team to be a part of when you have a good captain and some good morals and some really good um, people that make it really enjoyable. <laughs> great. So, so this question, it, it, it's kind of off the beaten path, but we've always like to ask administrators this question and especially administrators who who have heard the roar of the crowd mm -hmm. so when you were a, a student athlete that was the thing that might have driven you and and so now you know when you in the world that you live in now what is the roar of the crowd for you now what makes what makes it all a special day what makes it happen for you now yeah i mean it's been a journey, right? So I think early on in my career, I, I was really passionate about the student athletes and I, I still am today. I mean, that's my why, that's what I do. Um, but now I, I don't get to work with the student athletes as much. And I'll be honest, even working in New Mexico, I have a harder time even seeing them practice and, and right. going, to, going to things. So um, for me, the, 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 the voice or what motivates me each day is, is kind of what you alluded to at the very beginning. Um, it is that leadership component. And like you said, leadership is, is a process and it is something that, you know, I've worked really hard on to, to not only better myself, but better those around me or better um, those people that invest in me. And so I really think of it as that's really what college athletics is or student athletes. That's what they're doing each day is working on their leadership um, to help better their, their careers down the road, not only personally, but professionally. And so that's, you know, for me, the, the leadership aspect, I wake up every day, get my workout in, right? Like we have those routines um, that have helped me be successful and even working um, with younger generations, trying to find what works for them. Not every leadership style is the same. You know, I, I prefer to, to really hone in on my servant leadership skills and, and that's really, you know, what works for me, but there's a lot of different ways to lead. And I think I learned that through my experience as a student athlete that I, you know, had other teammates that were great leaders, but they were not the same leadership style as me. So how can I kind of use my growth mindset to, to get, you know, the best out of that experience with them um, without being, you know, uh, judgmental or, or stuck in my ways. I really right. looked at it as a way to pivot. Um, and, and I think that's what's helped me be successful in this career today um, because of the adaptability that I think a good leader has to have. You, you, you spoke on that just a second ago on, on teaching young people and, and in your world of, of administration, of, of leadership, you, you're not dealing with, like you say, you're not dealing with the student athletes, mm -hmm. but you're dealing with young administrators. You're, you're dealing right. with people who want to be doing what you do. Right. Well, it's like I said, it's cool that you, you mentioned that because 
here at Kansas State. We, we just finished spring, and I happen to have the opportunity in my role as assistant head coach to, right. to be a part of the head coaching meetings. And so in my moment during that head coaching meeting, that's, that's kind of what I do with our players is, is I talk to them about leading. I talk to them about leadership. And you talked about the different styles. And I, I try to stress to them that, listen, you, you can't approach each player the same okay. way, right? There's some guys you can yell at and they're going to they're shut it down, right? right. So, so it's important that the leader find, that's why you're the leader, Right, you have the responsibility to find out what each per what makes each person tick. To right. find out what are his buttons. I don't want to push the wrong buttons. Oh, this is John. I have to tell. I have to talk to John about his family. Right. I have to talk to Carl about doing. You know the fact that they doubted you. You know what I mean. And so a leader has to know the buttons. And I think. That's what makes, just like I said, our players, that's what makes you different. Right. Well, speaking of different, I always talk uh, to to younger coaches, older coaches at sometimes about the fact that where we are today in, in talking about coaching and talking about administration, even that, that there is strength in diversity, right? right? There's strength in, in viewing things from a broad spectrum, from seeing things from different perspectives. Well, you've done a lot of work in the areas of diversity and inclusion. What drives you in that way? And what things do you think we in the sports world could do to make it even better? Not just for the sports world, but for, for our society as a whole. Yeah. It's my personal belief that I have a moral obligation um, to to make this world a better place. And you know, I've been very blessed through my uh, upbringing, my education. Um, you know, being a farm girl from Iowa, you know, I didn't have a lot of diversity growing up. Um, and and then when I went to college, you know, that allowed me to really open up my eyes. Um, but I was blessed to grow up in a family that that accepted. Um, you know, a lot of different dialogues and a lot of different perspectives. So I felt very, um, very welcoming to be who I was. And so when I really found out, you know, by my interactions and just hearing people's stories that, you know, not everyone grew up like me, right? Um, that really lit a fire under me. And it really, again, became, like I said, a more of a moral obligation that I, I felt a true calling to, um, to, to get involved and to talk. And, you know, I, I really do think that the biggest thing you can do is, is have the conversation. Um, you know, a lot of times I think we are afraid to have the conversation and I've always tried to lean in um, and you have to do it in an appropriate way. So you talk about the different leading leadership styles different approach to different people about, you know, certain topics is, is something that you kind of have to learn. But um, I, I really do think that it's, it's as an administrator, it's a super important part of my job and everyone should, you know, take an interest if they're sitting um, in the chair, so to speak, or helping make decisions in the athletic department. Um, not only for, for those that are, you know, underrepresented, um, but, you know, people that are that are not like you, you can't assume that you know what's best for them without, you know, educating yourself um, the best you can. So uh, being a perpetual learner is, is, in my opinion, one of the greatest things you can do.
to help in that area of diversity and inclusion. And it's everyone's responsibility to, to do that. Um, and how involved you want to be if you have 10 minutes, five minutes, or, you know, that's something that you make a priority every day. Um, that's what I love to talk about with people and see how easily you can streamline that into your daily lifestyle. Just like I said, having those routines, um, how, how important that can be to have it more of your mantra or your personal brand um, that I love working with younger students, like you said, on, on how to do that um, effectively and also um, that works for them. You know, I've, I've really had a great opportunity like you have, I'm sure, with great leaders and mentors in your career. And I think, you know, like Stan Johnson, who works with MOA, um, the Minorities Opportunity Athletic Association, you know, they're really the ones that accepted me from day one. And, um, you know, I accepted them and we've had such a great dialogue there that um, it's, been, it's been almost very natural for me and, and wanting more of that in, in the college athletics world, because you talked about what we can do differently. Um, it's doing podcasts like these. It's, it's having, you know, people that wouldn't likely have a conversation and some candid um, um, banter back and forth that's a positive and, and uh, genuine. Um, that's how you change the world is by sharing your story, what you've done, how you got there, and, and hopefully inspiring others to, to not be like you. Um, but find what works for them in the space that that they have. So, so what you did is you like put a lot right in a box, right? And so, <laughs> yeah. in my mind, I'm trying to unpack it, but I will eventually, right? <laughs> uh, the great thing about these podcasts is that you know I go back and I watch them again, and I take all these notes. And again, they were very scripted at the start, right. but but because the discussion that we have right here, the, the the points that you bring up right here, they they flow out so easily because again, this is what we're dealing with today. You, I go back to something you said a second ago uh, when when you talk about dealing with with the elephant in the room, right? Well, the only way you deal with the elephant is you face him, right? You you go right to him and. Another point that you made is that you are here to change the world. And <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm here for that same reason. And, but and so I, are and you, I, right? That's I say that all the time that 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 is why I'm here. But see, see, like people think that that means you have to invent a new light bulb or yeah. you have to do no, we change the world because we influence people. So right. what I do is I coach the young man who will one day have a son, who will have a daughter, right. who will teach the person that will invent something brown, groundbreaking, right. right? Or the person who will find a cure to cancer. It'll come through me and it'll be the, the ideals that I taught that young man and that he'll teach his son and they'll pass down. And so in 92 years, it'll be something that I did you know, and so that's the way I look at it. And when when we talk about having diverse programs, you're talking right. in, in the in the world of college football and, and in the world of college sports, it gives us the opportunities to do it gives us a greater opportunity to do that. When and i I've talked about this a few times when when it's time to, to choose a new coach, right? The first thing 
people do is they choose because when you're choosing a new coach, basketball, football, any sport, that's a stressful moment, right? And so when you when you come upon a stressful moment, what do we do? We go right back to what we're familiar with, right. with, with what we know, with what is like us. That's so people criticize administrators quite a bit, but it's almost a natural thing to go back to what you know, right? It's more challenging to say, wait a minute. I know, I know what we had. We had an offensive coach when you talk about football and that's what we like. We like an offensive coach. Guess what? How about trying a defensive coach this time? Well, wait, wait a minute. We're, we, we just lost our coach. We're, we're in shambles right now. We got to go back to what is familiar. Well, I think the challenge, the encouragement has to be, wait, let's look at this from a different light, from a different view, from a different vision and make decisions based off of that. Speaking of different views and different lights, let's talk about 2020. 2020 was quite a challenge. Uh, and guess what? As, as we roll into 2021, that was a challenge as well. Uh, things are getting better. But when you think about COVID and all the protocols that, that still go, they're not as major as, as what we saw at the, in 2020. Uh, but then you think about the social justice initiatives and, and all the things that went around that. And they're still and they should be still in, in discussion. How did, did that world, how did 2020 and 2021 for a small part, how did this moment make you a better leader? It, it wasn't easy. <laughs> um, I think every person has, has their own different um, struggles with COVID or struggles with adversity. So um, really for me, it, it was finding how I could survive and how I could thrive. So it, it wasn't um, something that happened overnight. Again, it took some self-reflection. I think that's a big part of leadership and being successful is knowing yourself, yeah. um, knowing how you operate in stressful situations, like you said, because you are gonna go to your tendencies. Um, and, and you know, being as our jobs as coaches or administrators is to be problem solvers. Um, that's really what I went back and reached into my quiver um, and brought out, you know, my my weapons of choice to kind of go through it. And it was really leaning on other people. And I think that's what good leadership is as well, is, is knowing who to go to at times of need, know who builds your army and your squad up to maybe you're not so good at some things, but you have a really you know, close ally that is, and you, you trust them. So it was definitely that ebb and flow uh, at starting off. And then I think what really kind of um, made me very anxious uh, was it wasn't ending, right? So at first when COVID hit, you're like, okay, like I can do this maybe for a while, right. uh, but it just kept going and it just yeah. kept going and going. And, you know, every time I'd get a little win, I'd get, you know, some kind of blowback and you're like, yeah. okay, let's reassess. Um, but, you know, I, I'm a metaphoric person, right? I love to to have, you know, certain visual images that I manifest and speak into existence. Um, so just keep chopping. I mean, there's a lot of those out there, but I, I really am a firm believer of persistence um, in terms of you have to be willing to do things that you don't want to do sometimes to get the results that you want to see. Um, so that's a big part of it. It's it's believing that you can do it. It's, it's having a deep faith. I think, you know, I would not be able to do what I do for a living if I didn't have some sort of deeper meaning 
of life and relationships and, and you know, uh, have a relationship with, with, with Jesus Christ and that sort of thing. So it's, it's a lot of looking at what you have and making the best out of it. And if you don't want what you have, it's how are you going to work for it and get what, what it is that you need um, to be successful. And, and no one else can tell you that. And I think that's what I've learned growing up too, is, is you know, as someone that loves to work with others, um, just because I see it in them or that's what I think they would be really good at, um, that might not always be the case, but I think it's very important to have those candid conversations with those, you know, people and those young minds that are just looking and searching for things um, to really connect to, because you never know what you're going to gravitate to. You never know what opportunity is going to be presented to you. Um, but I like to better my odds. So working hard and showing up on time and doing some of those things that, that, that take, you know, zero, zero amount of, of real grit. It's just doing the little things well. And I right. think that's what COVID has taught me is, is that, you know, when things, get rough and and it hits the fan you know are you going to stand or are you going to sit in your bed and you're going to you know just kind of like you said not address the elephant in the room or address the really hard situation it's standing up to it owning who you are as a person i think right. that was a big part of leadership right as as you you know i i remember you know being very young and and almost wanting to like hide my personality because i felt like you know it wasn't um, helpful all the time, you know, and, and I think that was really hard for me to realize, you know, how to turn the light on and turn it off and dim yourself. Yes. Um, I think of it as like suppressing, but it's more of, of making people feel comfortable. And I think that's really a big part of what we do is um, just really thinking about how we can better the situation and the team environment that we're in to get the optimal results and push that needle forward. You talked earlier about servant leadership and and then you talked about dimming yourself i never i never use that term dimming myself <laughs> uh, but but you have to right. as a leader i when i was uh when i was at uh, smu as a defensive coordinator one of the guys who was on the defensive staff with me he said something that i never heard a coach of course coaches we're macho right we don't we don't we don't love anybody we we coach right we just have whistles well well he said something not necessarily to me but i think i heard it in an interview that he did and he said you know it's my job to make coach malone to do everything i can so that coach malone can be the best defensive coordinator that that he can be and it's my job to push him to that. And I never heard a coach say, now, this guy happens to be one of my best friends, but, <laughs> yes. but still, as a coach for him to say that, it made, it made me realize, yes, that's what we all do. But, but really, as the leader, you know, you have to be doing the same thing for him, like so many leaders, like, come on, let's go serve right. me. You know, right. you serve me. Right. Well, it's not until the dynamic, the triangle, the leader serves the follower, the follower serves the leader, the leader serves. It's not until you, you operate in that way that you find true success. You find true, true fulfillment as a leader. Right. And, and, and like I said, I think it's very difficult for average leaders to serve great leaders they do, they understand that dynamic. Right, well, it's communication. And even to hearing you describe that story, right? 
um, he said it to you, you said it to him. It's, it's how you perceive that relationship and that communication. And so being overly, you know, able to communicate even with people that you might not want to communicate, I think uh, makes good leaders as well. Um, Because, you know, we are humans. I think that's the beautiful part about it, that that's what makes America so great. And, and this world that we live in is that, you know, there are such different ways of living and, right. and finding fulfillment, like you talked about, that it's exciting for me to hear how other people do that. But the, the one thing that I think any coach or like you said, leader needs to be a professional and, and really have a good grasp on it is that communication piece. And now that's changing, right? All the different channels of communication are changing. It's, you know, the social medias and now, you know, we're forced to communicate via Zoom. Um, But for me, it's not using that as an excuse, right? I think a lot of time what COVID has done is it has allowed us to make an excuse for anything. You can use COVID as an excuse for anything in any relationship, any situation as to why something didn't happen um, because of COVID. And and I think that's what I've learned too, um, through this process is I, I don't want to blame COVID for, for that. I want to use COVID as through COVID, I did this, you know, through COVID against all odds, you know, I was able to, to raise this amount of money or, you know, be able to connect with people through a screen that I've never even had a personal, um, you know, relationship with uh, where I used to take them out. And, you know, I was able to really feel present and impactful, but, you can still do that. And I think that's what, you know, the younger generation has done a great job too, is using, using how to pivot and to go to classes virtually. I mean, I just think the way that we communicate now is very different. Um, and I am very blessed to be able to, to have that opportunity to learn, right? This year of 2020-21 has never happened, right, to any of us. So, you know, it's really cool when my athletic director asked me for my opinion and he's like, you and I are the same on this, right? Like, I don't have years of experience over you. You know, you have been through this with me since day one here. You know, like, I think it was really cool to see how I could use that as an evil level playing field um, and not always have it be, you know, well, you haven't been able to, to do that or that right. hasn't come in your career yet. Well, that's great, you know, but here's what I have done. And this is how I think, you know, we could connect this and make this situation better. So it's like you said, looking at all angles, um, and staying positive, you have to be positive. And that doesn't mean being fake and, and you know, if things aren't going well, you know, just brushing them under the rug and, and keep on going. Um, but your attitude, you can, you can definitely keep under check and in control, um, but it's not easy. So again, it's doing things that you don't wanna do <laughs> at certain times, but you have to get those, you know, you have to do it to get those results that you wanna see. Right. You know, and I, this is again off the beaten path, but but for what you do to 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 be able to get it done on Zoom, in terms of raising money, establishing relationships, I, I think that's that's pretty much amazing because it'd be very difficult for me to give money on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how you recruit on Zoom, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think. It's, it's, I look at it like that way. When I talk to my coaches about it, they're like, how do you do it? And I said, how do you do it? You know, (laughs) I mean, because, you know, we, we have players who are on our team. They, some early enrollees, Mm -hmm. they they never came on an official visit. And and so through zoom and through writing notes and, and, and calls and 
you know, right. using all those social media platforms is is what we did. Just that's like right. you you just you made that point. We have guys who have not arrived on campus yet, but I've never seen them in person, and neither have they seen me, mm -hmm. and neither have they seen the campus. You know, uh, we've they've walked around on phones, <laughs> uh, you know, through. No, the it's trust, right? It's yeah. that consistency. Yeah. It's um, the ability to to show them a vision with, like you said, blindly, basically. Right. Um, that leads back to faith and it leads back right. to, you know, the way you treat people and first impressions. I mean, there are, like I said, those things that really add up quickly, um, but it, it is that transparency piece as well. And I think that's what I've really enjoyed getting to know you and, and, and a lot of coaches is you have to be transparent same way with when I'm working with people and I'm talking with them about how to how to use their money, <laughs> right? In an impactful way, right? There's a level of trust and transparency there that you have to have from the day from the day you meet them <laughs> right. and, and keep it going. You know, you can't be inconsistent. It's just you've got to be, um, you know, sort of that level-headed, um, positive, calm person. Um, but like you said, also know when you got to kick it up in gear and and get things done. So it's definitely a balance game um, that we've all had to really um, overanalyze, in my opinion, through the toughest times that we've had. And it looks like, you know, things are getting a better, but they can really, really decline quickly. And who knows what the next thing is going to be, but how can you use, you know, this situation to um, be prepared? And I think right. that's what you and I are both trying to have that game book um, ready for the next sort of um, big crisis that we didn't quite plan for. Um, right. How can we be, be be better in that situation? Well, in, in the era of transparency, here's what I know. <laughs> I know that you're going to have a great career as an administrator, right? <laughs> uh, but it's going to be based off of some of the things that have happened in your past. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be based off of some of the great people that have happened right. in your past. And so what I want to do right now is ask you about some just one i know you've had many but just one of the leaders who have had an impact on you and and what did that person teach you that we can learn from i know i had to choose just one and um it's it's hard right because no, i right. think um as as a female you know i've had such great um male uh, mentors such such great female mentors Women Leaders in College Sports has been one of the greatest associations that I've been able to work with only because they're they're willing to, like you said, invest in that mentorship mentorship and know how important it is. Um, but there, there really is one leader, and, and I am not just saying this because <laughs> um, you uh, work at K-State, but but Gene Taylor, um, the athletic director at, at K-State, um, I met him when I was at when I was at Iowa. I had just left as a student athlete. Um, he came in as the deputy. Um, he said he's worked with you actually prior to, right? And so I, when he told me that, and I was like, oh my goodness, it's such a small world, but that's how leadership works, right? Um, good people find good people. And so um, what makes Gene Taylor such a great leader, in my opinion, is he took me under his wing and now, you know, his circle of friends and his people that he goes to and calls and things are rough and, you know, that sort of thing. I've now been able to build a relationship with, and I feel so blessed to have, you know, these people that 
that not only look out for me and know that, you know, I'm, I'm a few years younger, but I'm up and coming, um, but treat me as an adult and they want to see me succeed. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's inviting me to, to events that they know I'm going to, you know, have a conversation with someone and they're putting me in the best light. You know, they're not holding my hand through it. And I think that's what I learned early on in my career too, is you can have the greatest support system, um, but no one is at your university with you the whole time that understands the different, you know, dynamics and the politics that go along with it. So you can listen to their advice to a T, um, but you have to make it your own. So I think that's really what, what Jean does a nice job of as well. Um, I've really enjoyed continuing that relationship and it's changed quite a bit since, you know, I was an intern at NACTA, um, you know, starting off after that. And now, you know, I'm assistant AD for development at a division one school. Um, and it's been quite the transition for me to grow into my own and, and not, um, you know, know that I'm not perfect. I think that's the biggest part. Uh, too, as anyone who's starting off in their career, but you called me a veteran as, as you know, you were introducing me and I'm like, yeah, you know, I have been around, I've worked, you know, at some really cool institutions. I've, I've, I've sought out groups that align with my morals and my passion, um, to educate myself, to get better to yes. One day I want to sit in that AD's chair. I want to be in charge and make those really tough decisions, make those great hires that are going to change student athletes' lives. Um, but that's a responsibility, you know, like that is not something you take lightly. And um, I think the more people you can find, like the Gene Taylors and, and some of these other great ADs that have found a way to do it, um, there's just such a great um, story there that I want to learn from. I want more of it, you know, like I want to know why he did this or how did he get an extension? Like, you know, tell me what I need to know because I'm just a perpetual learner in that way. Um, but again, it's being a great connector too. And that's why I've really enjoyed getting to know you as well. <laughs> now you, you spoke of Jean and it, I, my reaction was like, please. Yes, of course. I know. If you know Jean, I'm yes, I agree. <laughs> Well, I had to vet you. Come on. Yeah, I had to know I, all the dirt. I had to go. You know, well, you sent me his my... podcast too. So I was like, hey, he's going to let yeah. me know what I need to, to brush yeah. up on. And yeah. you want to know what was cool when I asked him for advice? He said, Aaron, I just want you to be yourself. And I think, you know, that's what's really cool about, you know, good leaderships too, um, yeah. is that they, they, they know you're going to shine the best. Right. If you're not trying to emulate anything else or, or, you know, look at my notes before this, like it's, it's off the cuff. It's who I am. And, and that's right. what I want to, you know, um, give off. Is, is and, those and, that, and, and that's leadership. Mm -hmm. That's how, you, again, you're going to be a great AD one of these days. <laughs> but I'm going to have a few gray hairs, I think. Um, well, but. That's a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> you, that's a part of it. That shit, and you know, you speak on that. So, as an assistant coach, you, you don't care about. You only care about your running back group or your offensive line group. You don't care about anything else. Yeah, you care about these kids, but you're you're single-minded. You have a single-minded focus. Well, well, for me, having the opportunity to and and the title of assistant head coach, I've seen that title passed out over the years, just right. pass it out, you know, to keep a guy from leaving. But one of the first, when, when coach Kleiman promoted me to that position, the, the very same day, he said, now we have, I, I have a meeting with Gene. We're talking about the COVID protocols. And I was like, good luck. 
like, oh, no, you're coming. And and since that day, since that moment, I have learned he's he's given me responsibilities to help me learn. I've I've run staff meetings and 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 you you learn the great responsibility that comes with that seat. Yes, everyone wants to be a part, everyone wants to do the, the game winning interview. Everyone wants to make the call that scores the touchdown. But what do you do in the tough times, the tough moments? Like we talked about COVID, social justice initiatives, all the different things that the head coach deals with that no assistant coach ever knew even existed there's something with that. And so the same world that, that you live in, you say, I want to sit in that seat. There's a lot that happens in that seat, you know, but, but when you're ready, mm -hmm. when you're ready and when you operate, like you talked about, when you operate with a genuine spirit, when you are you, because, because leaders, they have it, you know, they just have it. They, they walk into the room and they can calm the room. Right. And during these COVID moments, that's what Gene talked about. Gene talked about the, the communication. He talked about the fact that when everything is going crazy, he wanted to be out front. He wanted to be out front. And, you know, I was watching one of the news outlets, uh, what's going on in Minnesota. And, 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 you know, of course, everyone can say what's going on. But, but I'm watching the people in the leadership positions. I'm watching how they handle the questions which are coming at them. So, guess what? They were not there. <laughs> You're banging the guy over the head and he was not there. Okay. So there's leadership. There's a moment at the, the highest level of stress. Who are you in that moment leader? Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I think that again, everyone wants that position. Everyone yeah. wants it, but you have to, prepare yourself for those moments because doing the press conference when you win a national championship that's pretty easy yeah you know it's it's the one that you don't want to have it's the difficult discussions so yeah. speaking of what comes along with sitting in that seat when you think of hiring a staff when you think of putting the right people on your bus what what are the processes that you go through uh, when when thinking of hiring a staff, when thinking of putting people around you to support you in that way? How 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 do you make those decisions? It, it is something that uh, I really take a lot of pride in, and and who's ever on my bus or whoever bus I'm on, um, I wear that like a badge of honor, and and that's not name dropping every AD that you know, it's not, you know, um, I, I, I don't like when people use the word, you know, networking and schmoozing, but it's, it's who can you turn to um, or have that genuine texting or calling relationship um, that's reciprocal. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, I really do think that the people that I want on my team, um, you know, eventually one day or who, whoever team I would like to be a part of um, ha has some non-negotiables that, through my experiences, I have learned that, you know, that's something that I really need um, to be successful. And so, you know, uh, as I sit here, um, you know, as a 30 year old administrator, um, having a, a woman 
that's above me, that's able to teach me some things about how to be a woman in this industry, I've learned is very important to me, right? Or um, I've learned that having a diverse uh, group in the senior staffs or the ones that are helping make those decisions is important as well. And that's, 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 that's race and that's gender, looking at all those things and making sure that we're having representation um, all across the table and we're having an ability to have a conversation about how important this hire is and what it could do to our student athletes um, experience because that's really what you know we've turned into in college athletics is we, we really are striving to make that student athlete experience better um, and the way we do that is is by having people in those leadership roles have the training in diversity um, are up on on current policies and current happenings in the world and you know talking about social injustice it, it does take you know some time to educate um, people and I love seeing um, the the outcry and the, the some of the things that athletic departments have been doing, but it's more than posting, um, you know, a statement <laughs> talking about your stance on diversity. It's more than naming a diversity officer um, at that school. And I think you you brought up the whole title thing. Um, you cannot get caught up in titles. Um, you have to understand and, and and really push for that 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 role. Is what are you doing in that role? That's what's most important. I don't care, you know, and we talk about this in, in um, with our student athletes too. Um, everyone plays a part, but you know, you have to learn um, to speak your truth and, and lean on that voice that's crying and telling you to speak up um, right. and not be afraid of that. And I think, you know, that's when I said the student athlete voice has never been stronger. That That is, I'm proud to work in that era and, and I'm proud to see the progress that we've made while, um, you know, action to me is more important than anything else. Um, I, I do feel and believe the best in people. And I think that's what helps me be a good leader as well, is when, when times do get really tough, I like to think that people are good and try to make the best decisions. While that's not always the case, um, I, I can't go through life thinking the opposite because that, that's just, you know, not healthy, not helpful. And, and, you know, I believe that this world and our university can be the best place there is. And I think that's, what's really cool, um, about college athletics is it, you're right. It has that platform to just be so magnificent. I can see it. I can taste it. You know, I want to do it. Um, but I can't do it alone. And that's why those people on your team need to be on board, need to believe in that mission and be all in. I mean, yes, you can have disagreements, um, but you know, outward facing, you have to be a united front. And I think that's where um, you do a nice job with your, your team and your student athletes is um, having that openness um, to, to be themselves, but also be a part of this bigger change. You, you, talked, you talked about networking, right? And I, I never liked the term well, network, I don't know, you know, whatever. To me, it is about relationship building. Mm -hmm. And and it goes to what what we talked earlier about recruiting. That's about, re recruiting is about relationships. Right. Uh, gaining support of donors is about relationships, is about trust. And when you talk about, um, you know, growing your your friend circle, mm -hmm. you know, that's relationships. I had a, I had a, Ed Stewart, Ed Stewart is uh, uh, one of the co one of the big wigs. I always calls him the <laughs> uh, at the Big Twelve. And when mm -hmm. I was a a young coach, Ed did one of the NCAA academies, 
And Ed got up and he talked to us um, and he, he did the best he could to train us. But one of the final things Ed said is, now listen, any one of you guys can call me for anything. And, you know, as you go through your career, if you if you need me, you 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 need some you need me to call someone about you to help you with a job, I'll do that. He mm -hmm. said, but I won't do that if I don't know you. Mm -hmm. And because you sat in this audience, I don't know you. And if you don't if you don't create a relationship with me, then the if the um, the opportunity for you to call me to help me, right. to have me help you with a job, that opportunity is not there because I don't know you. And I, I said, you know what? I like this guy and I'm gonna get to know this guy. So what I did is I emailed him and, and, and I said, hey, Ed, what you said up there, I, I don't know you, we're from two different worlds, but I like reading leadership books. Mm. And he said, you know what I do too. And so, since then, I don't know, it was 2005. Since mm -hmm. 2005, Ed and I, we exchanged leadership books. Now we've grown, we've, we've grown a friendship over the years, of course, but it started with just exchanging for about two or three years, mm -hmm. just exchanging, hey Ed, I read this leadership book. Hey Van, I read this one. And we would exchange leadership books, you know, for two or three years and then we text, a little bit more right and then we talk on the phone and then you know as i've worked at different big 12 schools i see ed on the sidelines we talk mm -hmm. we check on each other's families and so now you know i honestly believe hey ed i like to call <laughs> i need your help right <laughs> he might call for me <laughs> and so but you put in the work right and, and exactly. you did it with a genuine uh, touch to it. It, it it's not what he could he do for you in the next couple days you know you you genuinely found a common interest right and that's what i think good leaders do as well um you know is is sending that article that you read before bed just say, hey, I thought of you tonight as I read this. You know, it's something as easy as that, or you talked about handwritten notes, like those things really go a long way um, and they build beautiful relationships. Like that's a beautiful story that now you have so many years of history together. You know, right. it's so cool to, to think about, you know, where you started and where you are now. Right, well, and I, again, it's about just the relationship. Having the, I think, as I've talked to many young coaches, and uh you know and we talked about networking right the the lack of confidence to do that most people most really great leaders they want to help others right, right. they and i and I'll, I'll tell guys i'll say listen if if you contact someone and they don't contact you back just keep it moving yeah because <laughs> someone else that that means that person is not ready to help you that person is not ready for what you need. Again, if if a, I had a guy, a young coach, he only contacted me when he needed me to call for a job, just kind of like Ed. And I didn't I didn't put it out there as bluntly right. as Ed did. But but I said, listen, man, I have known you over the years. I am willing to help you do whatever you want to do. But someone else may not have the same patience that I have. So I encourage you to 
in your other relationships, not mine, because I accept yeah. you for who you are. <laughs> You're going to only call me when you need something. I already know that. But with, with people in the future, you need to understand they have higher expectations than I do because I'm going to help you no matter what. You know what I mean? I'm going to help. But other people may require more of you if you want them to help you. And so uh, that's kind of the way I do it now. Yeah. Like, not as bluntly as Ed. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's spot on. <laughs> I resonate with that. Um, and I'm a firm believer that not everyone is meant to be in your life forever. There are those people that, you know, see the whole journey. There are those that help you get there along the way. Um, and I think maintaining relationships is very important, especially in this career or um, as a student athlete, right? Um, but it's okay to, to outgrow certain relationships that aren't feeding your soul the way that you need them to. Um, and and it is, it's no slide to you or the other person. It's like you said, keep it moving, right? Like just push it forward, you know, look at what you have and what's in front of you, learn from the past, you know, move on appropriately. But there are so many people, like you said, that want to help, but it's finding the, the right alignment at the right time. Right. Well, this is my final question. We can't stay together forever. No. Eventually, my Zoom battery runs out. <laughs> but but th this question um, is not is not a difficult one. I guess it's sometimes it's hard for for people to admit to that that they don't have all the answers. Uh, right. But when when you look back on your life, mm -hmm. and I know you are young at this moment, but but what would you tell a younger Aaron about how you're going to be living today, right? How would you educate yourself 15 years ago? Things that you know now, what would you, what would you tell yourself to operate differently? <laughs> to be kind. To be <laughs> <laughs> um, I think as, as, as we all grow up, you know, as with my experience as, as an athlete, right? I've always had that competitive bone in my body. I've always wanted to be the best. You know, I've always wanted to, to be the best Aaron I could be, whether that was in this classroom or on the field, in the pool, like that was just something that drove me. I just wanted to be the best. And, um, you know, I think as I started off, I wasn't the best, right? <laughs> I had some really great qualities and, you know, I had some really great people telling me, how good I was doing or, or, you know, some, some really good opp opportunities that I was succeeding at. Um, but I was overlooking them with all the things that I couldn't do. So I think really important is you look um, to someone that would be my younger self. Um, it is to have that kind and that kindness and that, that gratitude um, to just be blessed to be where you're presently at right. and make an impact where you are. I think a lot of times, especially um, nowadays with, with the, the transfer portals and administrators jumping from job to job. Um, I'm all about the best people having the best opportunities. And, and what does that look like? That's totally up to the individual. Um, but being present, doing a great job where you are um, says a lot about you um, and who you are as a leader and how you invest in people. Um, so I, I've really learned to, to, Take that with with more of me in terms of I want to be the best I can be and make an impact. And I actually, if we have time, I have one question that I want to ask you. Um, it's how how do you know you're making an impact at your university or at your school 
how do you know you're doing it there at your current place? Because I think that's so important, you know, being involved. Uh, I love that you've really done a great job at connecting coaches and administrators, because I think that's really going to um, be a blessing down the road when, you know, we're trying to do these um, hires and get those people on the bus um, is that connection piece. Um, But making an impact where you are is the most important thing that you can do as a leader. Um, And then how do you take that and disseminate it um, to your colleagues and your friends and your soon to be friends? Um, That's, that's the thing that I really like to do is making an impact where I am. And then how do I use that to, to help others in the same situation? For me, to answer your question, <laughs> it, it actually is, is right along with what you said. You know, you, you spoke of being kind, but we have the transport, transfer portal because young people are not content, right? right. We, have, we have coaches jumping and going here and there because they're not content where right. they are. And like you said, every individual has, everybody has their own path, their own goals. They, we all have that. But, you know, in many instances, you know, when you make the place you are, when you decide that this is it, this is it, let, I'm going to make this it, be it wherever it might be. You know, I've had the opportunity to coach on some teams that were not very successful. Mm-hmm. And, and there's an opportunity. And the reason there was an opportunity is because I grew and, and it was hard work and we didn't get the results that we wanted. But now, as I look back on that team, that program, they are getting the results. Right. So I know that <laughs> I, dug, <laughs> I dug the hole. You Love know that. what I mean? I yeah. did the work and, and they, they're doing work as well. But I know that I was a part of that, you know. And so for me as a coach, as a coach at all the places I've been, I understand that I might not see it in my time in that place, in that seat. But it's, it's like one of, the bo- uh, one of the books that I read, Good to Great. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you read that book, it talks about the fact that the leader, the leader is building a clock, you know, and so when you build the clock, it lives past you. It lives past your time, and so, so for me, it's that commitment. It's that commitment, and and how do I know that that is happening? Mm-hmm. It's hard, but I look closely. If you look deeply, you can see the impact that you're making. You can see the changes that you're making because you talk about it's what. Coaches always say this, it's what you emphasize. You emphasize, you get what you emphasize. So if you emphasize selflessness, you start to see it. Sometimes players and even young administrators and young coaches, they act like they're not listening, but they're listening. Mm. Because over the course of time, you start to see it. You start to see the fruit. Sometimes, you know, it, it doesn't totally blossom. Mm-hmm. But if you look closely at the things that you are emphasizing, then you'll see, because you know what you're looking for. Listen, we're going to be strong. We're going to be tough. We're going to be selfless, right? So I'm looking for those things. There'll be some other byproducts along the way, but mm-hmm. these are the things that I'm, and you can't stress like 13 things. <laughs> you 
have have three, have four things. Again, especially in some of the situations that I've been in where, you know, listen, we don't have talent. We have not been successful. Okay, what can I give them that they can hold on to, right? right? I, can't, I can't give them all these things. They've proven they can't handle that much. <laughs> Let me give you two or three. And we're going to emphasize those. And then we're going to build on those things. Right. And here at Kansas State, you know, you talk about Gene. Gene is, and I lead through stories. So when I was at North Dakota State, actually when I was walking out the door. So, <laughs> so, so the athletic director to me as, an, as a young coach, he's like the principal. You don't want to go into the athletic director's office, right? That was a mistake there's a lot of wisdom in the athletic director's office, you know? And so on, on my way lead to, to go to another university, I stopped in and I, and I talked to Gene. And I, you know, Gene is, you know, Gene is very personable. You have the op anyone can talk to him. Right, right. And, but as a young coach, he's a principal, nope. Right, yeah, no, I get that, yep. <laughs> well, talk to Gene and Gene said to me at North Dakota State at this time, he said, you know, Van, I think we need more diversity on this staff in this athletic department. We do. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm committed to that. Well, guess what? I'm in the principal's office. I'm going to shake my head and agree with what the principal says. <laughs> but when I left and I look back a couple years later, I did see diversity on the staff and, and he didn't owe that to me. I was gone. But he right. said that and he made that happen. Mm -hmm. And and as I when I came to Kansas State with Gene here, I see the programs that we have on our athletic department staff. And I see the things that he pushes. Mm -hmm. And and so I know that's who he is. And so you talk about making an impact where you are, you know. Th that's what I've learned from him. And, yeah. and you know, really that's, that's kind of what I push and I've had the opportunity to, to see it after I've left many places, you know. Well, I, I really think you made a good point. Um, it sounded like you overcame a fear <laughs> of going to the principal's <laughs> office. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a big part about being a leader is, is not being scared of the fear or the uncomfortable um, feelings or conversations that may come. Um, I, I, I really do think that we talk a lot about good leadership, um, but we can learn from bad leadership too. And I think yes. we've all had some, some leaders that haven't been so great. Um, but everyone brings something to the table. And so, you know, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And right. stay, staying the same isn't an option. Right. Um, that's really what I look when either as a bad leader or a good leader. I don't like to put them into different boxes. <laughs> it's how are we going to lead this program with what we have and the team that we have on this bus? You know, and some people might need to get off. Some people might need to, you know, change their their attitude or, or their, their work a little bit. But um, I think you really did a nice job uh, telling the viewers or people that are listening about Gene Taylor um, because I can't say enough great things about him and I'm so excited to see what you guys accomplish. Um, I'm, I'm taking notes myself. <laughs> yeah, Gene. Yeah, Gene. The check needs to be in the mail. We just did a commercial. <laughs> hey, I, I learned from the best, let me tell you. you know? <laughs> well, Aaron, I, I do appreciate your time.
and um, it was it was fabulous getting to know you. We've exchanged messages a few times, uh, but but now this experience makes those messages even more real. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to be able to watch your career. You know, again, I, listen, I'm telling you, you're going to do you're going to do great things because we're on Zoom and I feel your passion. Right. <laughs> you're here to change the world. And, oh. uh, and I, I think that's a I think that's the mark of a great leader to be to be honest with that, to 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 own that mm-hmm. and to to let that be your driving force. Yep. And so, while this is a vocation for us, I, I, I feel your heart and passion through this, this time that we've had together. Um, and I feed off of that. And that's why I just want to say, like, keep doing what you're doing, having these conversations, working with these, these minds that are going to go change the world, right. you know, and that's what we do. Uh, the, the job and how we um, make this world better is leave the world better than our ancestors had it. And so that's something that I take a lot of pride in myself. Um, is how we can do that. And that's together. And that's why I'm so excited to watch your career. We are going to kick this out of the park and make there we go. You know, college athletics, just, just a place that people can thrive and be themselves and, and also change society and the social injustice that need to be talked about um, more regularly um, than they have in the past. And that's where it starts. It's right here. It's right now. Right.